Moto One Podcast Network. March 1st, 2021. It was late winter in Southern California. The temp was a balmy 68 degrees that fateful Monday. Tobor had returned that morning from a clandestine mission to the Moto One Studios in Colorado. Junkie picked him up at the Burbank Airport and they went for one last drive by the giant Fry's Electronics warehouse that was slated to close soon. The pair had spent many hours together wandering the alien invasion themed store in amazement, browsing the various electronic components and gadgets that filled the massive space. After dropping some paperwork off at the Moto One Studios West headquarters in Burbank, the duo returned to town to finish off the day in the garage. They had just finished a grueling job lapping valves on a 1972 Wurtz Begurzel when Junkie turned his attention to the robot. Hey Tobes, did you hear the latest episode of the Nokomoto podcast? Did you hear the piss poor way or the crappy job they tried doing of a... Of, uh, ripping off your voice? I certainly did. I listened on the plane ride home. I was incredulous. Right. Were you actually present while they were recording that bit um, in the Quonset hut? I was. They had no idea that the Master Cool Commander 4000 automatic and hybrid R1234YF recovery recycle and recharge machine in the corner was actually me. Tobor, the sentient robotic being. Right. I think we know who you are by this point. Um, do you see who they were talking to, or like, were you able to get a trace on the voice? Unfortunately, they were recording the show completely naked for some strange reason. As you can imagine, the imagery was jamming most of my input sensory systems, so I was not able to evaluate the vocal properties of the subject being recorded. All I can say for sure is that it was over the phone, and no other robot was present in the concert hut. I can say, however, that the sight of the two hosts completely naked caused me to purge some of the R134er into the atmosphere. It is basically the robot equivalent of making a number three. Right. I could imagine. I probably would have lost my lunch at the sight of that as well. I feel for you, bro. If uh, if you had feelings. Um. So you didn't get you didn't get anything out of that, did you? I did get to analyze the vocal properties more closely on the flight home. Oh, sweet. So what'd you find out? That was Samson Sludge. He's the local gate operator at the wastewater treatment facility in Iwindale. What does a waste gate operator do? He has various sensors and meters that float in the pool of human excrement. When the Ugh. level reaches just underneath his armpits, the gates Ugh. open, clearing the tank of thousands of gallons of poop. That's Ew. why we never invite him to any of the robot parties. I wouldn't either. Listen, let's, uh, let's pay Smelly Samson visit and straighten him out on a few things. What do you say? The mob left for Irwindale to confront Samson Sludge. They loaded up the car with various tools of mayhem and set a course for trouble. It wasn't long before they smelled what they were looking for. They had arrived at the Irwindale Honeypot. Hey, let's get in there and extract some data. <laughs> yeah, what do you think of that one? That was a pretty good joke for a human. You stay in the car and I will requisition Samson. Alright. The robot returned a moment later, half dragging, half leading Samson along the side. Alright, you smelly bag of bolts. 
We're here. <laughs> Tell him, Tobor, you, you say something to him. Yeah, some bitch about to feel a cold boot on his bias. Yeah, you're about to feel a cold boot on your bios. You ever seen that scene in Office Space where they take the fax machine out to a field? But well, that's what's going to happen to you unless you... Okay, guys, okay, the two brothers from Colorado put me off with that retarded script was all their idea. Oh yeah, well now you're gonna pay for it. And I'm sorry that you have to face this, but we can't have this stand. No, no, please, no. No. Get the tools, Tobe. E. Well, well. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to uh, a very fabulous, uh, classy, might I add, episode of Creative Writing. I'm your host, uh, Teen Minus Nine Twelve, and with me forever over here is my sweet co-host Tobor. How you doing, Tobor? You smell like onions. <laughs> I smell like onions. It's quite a thing for you to say after we uh, we just wrapped up kicking the ass off of Samson Sludge. I thought we were teammates, bro. Um, well, good morning, or good afternoon to you, too. Um, listen. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm Tobor. <laughs> you are one of the biggest idiots in the known universe, Tobor. <laughs> hey, wait, I can't... You pulled the old switch reverso on me. Never mind. Anyway, Tobor, hi... Welcome to episode whatever this is, all right? Let's just get into this episode. Let's quit let's quit bad mouthing each other. We were, we had such a good thing going right after teaming up um, on uh, Samson Sludge after last week's horrible episode of uh, uh, the Nokomoto podcast. All right? All right? Can we just say that? Um, hey, we got some news and some stuff to get into this week, so let's do that really quickly. And uh, I'm digging this music, Tobe. This is a good... The soundscapes uh, for our previous segment done by Tobor. All of sound production done by Tobor uh, T0B0R, our fabulous sound robot. Uh, yeah, let me pot up the news here. One sec. If we had a producer, Tobor, this is what he would do. A.K.A. maybe you should be doing this. All right. Where's my notes? Thank you. Thanks for turning that down. Finally doing your job. All right, listen up, everybody. Um, we're going to get into some news really, really, really quick. And first off, before, well, yeah, right at the top of the show here, a huge, huge, huge announcement. Um, uh, my BFF, one of my BFFs, um, known him a long time, uh, very, very long time friend and friend of the show, actually. He's actually one of the uh, angel investors and supporters that got us off the ground here at Creative Writing, um, Rex Panther. He is the uh, RP and RP Enterprises. Um, I just want to say that, uh, unfortunately, uh, he's contracted COVID-19. Um, and this terrible news comes so close to a, a vaccine. So 
It serves as a warning that even though we're this close, don't start celebrating before you cross that finish line. We've all seen the videos of the uh, football player running down the field, starts to celebrate, falls and fumbles like literally one yard before the end zone. Or I'm sure the uh, cyclist that's like about to cross the, I don't know, Tour de France finish line, biffs it right before, you know, starts celebrating, speed wobbles, eats it, breaks his bike, breaks his leg comes in 10th place because everyone behind him just passes him and he limps across in a very humiliating finish. So don't do that, folks. We are so close. And I know I'm saying this has Daytona Bike Week is going on right now. So probably a couple super spreaders happening right now, but we are so close. Um, And uh, yeah, Rex Panther, uh, his wife had actually got the vaccine the day he came down with symptoms and she has since tested positive. So there she can't get the, uh, you know, it's not going to help her now to get the vaccine um, herself. So she's tested positive And I think she said something like you have to wait 90 days now to, uh, for her to even go back and get it now. So what a waste of a vaccine for somebody that could have uh, used it. Um, so yeah, they kind of went out and I think they did like a little family event, you know, hanging out with the fam and grandma and grandpa were there too. So hopefully grandma and grandpa are feeling good. Um, and since their initial reports, uh, Tobor, you know, we're recording this show again. We recorded this a little earlier this week and a few things have happened. So, uh, we're coming back here, but, um, yeah. So since then, since the uh, initial reports and since we initially typed up these notes, now his kids have come down with it too. So uh, he's got two kids. Um, so we're wishing the whole family the best. Um, and, uh, you know, this is the sort of thing my wife being a hypochondriac teacher fears, you know, getting back in the classroom and this sort of stuff has been happening um, and people are just a little too anxious. Uh, so we're in the finish line, folks. Um, so, yeah, listen, it, uh, Rex has sponsored the show, supported us with products like Brain Wipe, The Seasonator, Pet Off, Fist Puppies, um, a whole bunch more. You've probably heard him in the ads. Uh, he also supplied us with a top secret fuel that allowed Spamala to hit 137 miles per hour at Barona Raceway, um, which we backed up a week later at Irwindale, right down the street here at the drag strip. Um, and these little eighth mile drag strips really showcase the potential of Rex's deep industry knowledge and his ability to create leading products. So I really hope he makes a full recovery and he's able to, uh, keep contributing to the industry and to our show and the whole Moto family. So our heart goes out to him and his two kids, um, and his wife. Um, and I know you're staying in the, the she shed for the time being. He's living out in the yard, folks, in this tough shed. So they have it decorated up like a, <laughs> like a house. And now since his wife's came down with it too, she's uh, isolating in the bedroom. And since the kids got it now, I guess they don't have to worry. They can all just uh, get back together. So he's, he, you can come in out of the tough shed where you've been for a week, buddy. And uh, <laughs> now, now that everybody's already got it, um, I guess you guys can mix and mingle. So, yeah, he's in a real rough place. It's, it's, uh, I'm laughing about it now because we've been, kind of been uh, texting every day just to make sure he's okay. But he's, it's rough. It does not sound uh, fun. So at least, at least he's not in the hospital yet, which I hope it doesn't get to that point. Um, hopefully he's turning the corner and, uh, coming out of it. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's feeling rough and and so is his wife. So they're both going to be out of work for a little bit. I cannot confirm or deny if RP Enterprises was making a vaccine. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he, uh, 
was trying his own medicine. But anyway, so get get bell, well, buddy, get bell, get well. And if you need somebody to make, I can make the two hour drive. If you need somebody to come push your supper to you with like a seven or eight foot long pole um, out in, in the she shed. But now that everybody's got it, I, I thought that was funny when I typed these notes up. Now that everybody's got it, I guess you're not worried about that anymore. So uh, I just hope everyone gets better. Um, and, uh, we'll be, we'll have Rex on the show, uh, as soon as we can, as soon as he's better. So, uh, just keep this in mind, you know, keep that in mind, folks, as you're out there, hopefully you're practicing, still practicing at least some sort of protection now that we're super close to hopefully getting this thing over with. We're a year in and I can't wait to be a year out. Uh, currently events, what's going on? We got Daytona Bike Week, uh, 80th annual Daytona Bike Week happening right now. Uh, it's been going on since March 5th. Check out DaytonaBeach.com uh, forward slash bike week for any details. Just look at Instagram feed for anybody that you want to know uh, that's down there doing their thing. Um, so remember, uh, if you visit the Cruddy Carburetor, they have $2 Brown Claw and Daytona Bike Week masks optional. Tops required, huh? Who would who would have guessed? Uh, you gotta cover those boobs while you're down there. It's no, uh, it's no, no. What's it called? Myrtle Beach. So, anyways, yeah, super spreader in uh, happening right now. So, hope you're having fun down there in Florida. Um, next, three twenty six through the 29th, which is next. Uh, what what day is today? Yeah, it's coming up in a couple weeks here. The Club Bull Taco Australia is having their twentieth Spanish motorcycle rally. Uh, like I said, 854 Turrendale Road in uh, Duramana, NSW, Australia. I know that's New South Wales, but what if it was North Southwest? Leave it to a country like Australia to name uh, a province or a state or a territory, North Southwest. That would be funny. Uh, you know, make a, give a map maker a headache, a cartographer is what they're called. Um, Coming up uh, April 10th, there's a couple great things happening. The first one, this is pretty exciting. Ridgecrest, California. I think Wiggins is going to be out there pretty soon. Um, Ridgecrest, Biltwell's holding a little desert race called the Biltwell 100. You may or may not have heard of this. I didn't, but now I have. Um, for more info, just check out Biltwell100.com. That's pretty simple. That's like saying, hey, go to f- check out a book at book.com. I won't get off topic. Anyway, the uh, the spots for the race are all sold out, but you can go be a participant for sure. Uh, Ridgecrest is a great, fun area. Um, it's It's got a lot of good riding out there. I think Chris is uh, Wiggins is going to go jeeping out there uh, with his buddy, his buddy Chris from Indiana. Two Chris's from Indiana. That's double trouble. Two Chris's? Indiana times two? Chris times two? I, I foresee some trouble here. Uh, but two times two is four. Right, and they're going four wheeling. I don't know. I just, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, now, if you go further west, if you're on the on the other side of the valley from Ridgecrest or the other side of the hills, actually, you'll be close to Rosamond, California, which also 410 is uh, the classic track days at Big Willow. It is $175 per rider. That includes the photos package, and uh, I believe the gate fee is going to be the same as it is for the races, which I think it's $20 uh, for one one night or $25 for the weekend, Um, and that's pretty cheap. That's the uh, gate fee that includes camping, so even if you're not going to be racing, you just want to go spectate. It's really fun fun to go see these crazy bikes out there this is where the harley the bagger racing league which is coming out um pretty much started with tony and eric they started taking their harleys out there to do some track days with brady so 
who knows what you might see out there next? There's there's all sorts of fun stuff out there. And this is going to be the last weekend before the Arma races come to town for what is going to be called the SoCal Grand Prix. Uh, so, yeah, 410, that's the last real practice weekend that you're going to have. Um, it's for modern classics, you know, bring out your Triumph. I could take out uh, my SCR. You could take out a Bolt, uh, take out a Harley, anything that looks like a uh, what would be considered a modern classic that's not a sport bike. Like, you know, you go to Track Days or Apex Assassins. Most of those uh, people are out there on sport bikes, um, purpose-built race, race machines or street machines that are converted. This is for anybody, really, that wants to go out there. Brady even does a taste of the track where you just ride there and you can – Go out and do a, a, a kind of like a parade lap uh, for twenty bucks and see what it's like to be out on a racetrack. Um, so it's really fun, really cool event. Vintage bikes, of course, welcome because uh, they're not pulling the two hundred mile an hour like the uh, you know Moto uh, Moto One and Moto One. I meant Moto GP, uh, Moto GP and and uh, Super Sport and all that stuff is is pulling. So. This is a great place if you got an older bike, a modern classic, or you're a new rider to get out here and learn what's in a really stress-free environment where there's no competition. Um, this is preceding round uh, five and six of the Arma Bridgestone Tires National Historic Road Racing Series. That's going down the very next weekend, April 16th. Of course, it's my wife's birthday weekend, so I never have got... The Moto Corsa Classica, when it, which was what it used to be called, always falls on my uh, wife's birthday weekend, right around it, you know, the weekend that we end up celebrating my wife's birthday. Um, so for the fa- past, like, uh, we've been together now for like 15 or 20 years or something like that, or close to 20 years, not quite. Um, yeah, I guess not quite 20. But uh, yeah, so it's been weird, because I used to go to that all the time with my friends and party, but, um, you know... I love my wife a lot, so I haven't gone out there quite a bit. I've been hitting the other track days. So, of course, the uh, the first round, of, uh, actually, it's, it's rounds five and six. They're going to be at the streets of Willow uh, for the uh, SoCal Vintage Grands Prix. This is going to be the uh, scramble at the streets. There's also going to be flat track racing that Saturday on the 17th at the, uh, I think it's the Walt James Flat Tracks uh, Stadium right on the same property as uh, Willow Springs. Um, so that ought to be pretty fun. Uh it's going to be called the Scamper at the Streets. Did I mention that? So this is going to be at the Streets of Willow. Uh, of course, they're going to have got you covered. You're going to get camping by your race gas there. Uh, Rex Panther, I can go up and get some of that 110 octane stuff, and then you can like sample it against your secret race gas that we use that I think is like 125 octane, and you can like laugh at it, how poor quality it is. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a real fun weekend. Um the first weekend, of course, and so if you want to see bikes that aren't broke down or crashed or uh, pushed to their limit, go that first weekend because <laughs> they may not, who, depending on the competition, they may not make it to the second weekend. Um, and the second weekend, uh, April 23rd through 25th, that's going to be the Arma Bridgestone's Tire, Arma Bridgestone Tires National Historic Road Race Series round seven and eight of the SoCal Vintage Grand Prix. And that weekend is called the Battle for Big Willow. Uh, And that weekend, there's going to be a swap meet Saturday and Sunday, as well as the Vintage Bike Show on Sunday. (laughs) So guarantee, I guarantee you, uh, any of those bikes that last the weekend, um, 
that make it through the weekend races, they're going to be in, in this bike show and then people should have some really cool stuff up there. And if you're looking for race parts or old vintage bike parts, look, this is your, this is the place to go. These are race enthusiasts or people that build high performance old bikes. Um, so this is definitely going to be the place to go. If you're looking for some hop up parts or even some vintage parts that are hard to find, um, nobody knows where to get the beat on those things like racers. They're always going through them and rebuilding motors and looking for spare parts. So it'd be a good place to go for a vintage bike. Um, spectating price for both weekends is going to be $20 for one day, $30 for two days, or $35 for three days. Uh, that's just the gate fee. And so once you pay that gate fee, it lets you stay the night there and it gives you free parking. So why not just bring up a, a little tent or a trailer or just sleep in your car there are uh shower facilities there um usually they're open i don't i haven't been there in in covid so i don't know if those are going to be up and running but all that stuff is there you know there's uh concessions there is uh restrooms everything you need uh you just frankly you show up in your car and if the seats fold down in the back guess what you don't even need a tent cuz it, it's probably going to be it's been really cold it's, it's been raining here actually uh last night when we were recording the show uh it was so cold in fact and rainy that it was coming on on the audio and these are some pretty good microphones and uh, da- uh sound dampening equipment so that's how loud it was last night it was really coming down so uh that's going to be going on um and uh, I don't know how it's going to be in April. I have a feeling right now uh, that it's slated to be cold for like the next couple of weeks. So by by the middle to end of April, maybe it'll be warming up again. Maybe it won't. Pack accordingly. But if you have a car where the seats fold down, that's good enough. Just come sleep in your car, shower and eat at the uh, track, and enjoy some vintage racing. It ought to be pretty sweet. Um, May 1st through the 21st. Now, this is going to be... Uh, something interesting. We should probably um, try to take a break real quick, Tobor. I mean, it's, we're only been on for 22 minutes. I'll just I'll just throw it out there real quick. So May 1st through the 21st, that's going to be the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Um, it is going to be the fifth. Let me look up here on the board. Yeah, I've got two, three, four. So yeah, this will be the fifth one. I've got all my medals up here. Uh, for coming, my participation trophies, basically. I haven't won it yet. But this is going to be the fifth one. They didn't have it last year. The rules are basically the same. If you're not familiar with the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge, it is put on by uh, the guys over at Loud Pipes Show. Um, I was uh, made aware of it after the first one happened. So, of course, I joined up for the second, third, and fourth. And so this would be uh, my fourth try uh, if I do it this year. The rules are a little bit different this year, where in before it was uh, podcasts that would create teams. Uh, that's why it's called the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. It was a good way to cross-promote our podcast, give listeners a good reason to support their favorite podcast, which is cool because I know I've got a couple listeners that listen to, you know, uh, Loud Pipes would always... Um, uh, Enter, of course, because they uh, they run it. Um, the Motorcycle Men podcast, which you know Ted and his brothers over there, they're pretty funny. They would always enter it. Um, the Throttled podcast, which is Kevin and uh, Larry, who lives uh, one of them lives like back east, one of them lives in San Francisco area. Um, me, Girl on a Moto, did it uh, a couple years. Um, I think Cleveland Moto entered one year, but never did it. 
it's a good way to get some pot, you know, podcast crossover basically. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to these different pods. So it was kind of interesting to see what teams they picked. And it was really cool to meet some new listeners as a, as a, as a uh, result. But the, the best fun is that it gives you a reason to get out and ride. It's almost like a little rally where they give you an objective. Um, like for instance, it was a, the first year was get some street names or city names actually. And, uh, also your mileage counts. So if you get a city name and you had to ride real far to get it, that's uh, two points, you know, um, two pluses in your corner, I guess you could say. So the same thing is going to happen this year. They went uh, they went low scores the, uh, in 2019 when it was held. Of course, they didn't have it last year. And this year they're going back to high scores. And instead of city names, I think they're doing street names again. Um, and so go listen to – they have an actually dedicated podcast to the challenge called The Motorcycle Podcast podcasters challenge podcast um and that they broadcast every friday night they tell you the rules they recap the events they have the motorcycle uh podcasts on this year they are gonna um it's gonna change up a little bit um it is gonna have uh what's it called it's gonna have um the writers are actually gonna have a chance to uh participate. You don't have, whoops, geez, I almost threw our computer off the ledge here. You don't have to, um, uh, associate yourself with the podcast this year. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Tobor, we need to move that sound. Would you just scoot that back just a tad? Okay. There you go. Give us a little time. Thank you, sir. Gosh, you're, you are a good producer. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, get back on track. Uh, this year the, um, the writers can can make their own teams. You don't have to attach yourself to a podcast this year. So, uh, I heard their, I listened to their their podcast. They're going to limit it to ten teams this year, um, and I guarantee, throttled motorcycle men and loud pipes are going to have teams. Um, I don't know if Girl on a Moto is going to come back again this year. And I don't know if creative writing is going to come back this year. I'm just not 100% sure. Um, I'm sure that May is going to be cleared up for me. But I just, I don't know if I got jaded by 2020 or uh, complacent or what. But I just, even though it's a, a total excuse to get out and ride and you and you get like a little uh, potential to win this pretty bitchin' trophy that they had made, um, I just don't know if I'm feeling it this year. I just don't know what's up with me. I've been I've been bummed out. Maybe it's what I need actually. Maybe maybe I should get my ass in gear and sign up. But anyways, long story short, um, if five podcasts show uh, show up and sign up, that means that there's only room for five listener teams. Um, and I think as many as many individual writers want to sign up uh, as possible. That's I don't think there's a limit on that. But team wise, there's there's only ten. So get in on it right now. If you want to create a team and you want to create team creative writing and be the captain, because they're also going to do that a little bit different this year. The admin kind of used to take care of everything. You used to submit all your stuff and the admins would count up your highest or lowest scores, whatever was going to get you the most uh, uh, points. This year they're like, listen, you don't submit it. You don't tell us what you're using. Forget it. Uh you're not getting points. So yeah, they're really throwing it out <laughs> to the riders this year. So uh, you kind of got to be on top of it. So that's another reason why 
not that I wouldn't be into it, but I just don't know if I'm, I can 100% dedicate myself to it. So uh, this year has just been crazy since COVID, and it hasn't let up, um, and I don't foresee it letting up. So I, I may be a busy boy in me. I don't know. But anyways, long story short, that's uh, that's some other big news to keep under you know keep in mind. And if you do want to create a team creative writing or uh, a team on behalf of creative writing, and you want to be a captain, or you just want to form a listener team called Creative Listeners or whatever like that, and leave a spot open for us, uh, let me know so that I don't ask to recruit you, and so that uh, if you do create a team and I don't, that I can uh, support you in any way, any way I can, including some swag or some ideas or fun stuff like that. So let me know, and let me know if you really are looking forward to a, a team this year and you really want me to put one together. I usually kind of wait till the last minute to enter this thing anyway because I'm kind of busy. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like my job to go do motorcycle rallies, so... Uh, this year, with only 10 spots available, I probably should decide ASAP. So let me know. You let me know. Do you want to you wanna make your own team on behalf of the creative writing? Or would you like uh, me to captain a team and you, you want to ride with the team creative writing this year? Um, that's about it as far as news goes. Tobor, let's take a quick quick break and uh, get into the rest of the show. I got something else I did today that I want to talk about. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with some more Schmooby Doobie Riding. on a long road trip. Millman's features enriched cocaine and skink pheromones. Millman's, I killed a ninja. Millman's chocolate chips. I don't know if you can hear me, Chunky or anyone else. I don't know if you can hear me. This is an SOS. Me and Swiggy are here at Nokomoto headquarters and we're being held down. We're taking fire. I'm pretty sure it's the Quadman's outside. Swiggy, he's on the balcony over there. Reload, reload. I don't know how much time I have left. You know our coordinates. Send help if you can. Oh my God, I think they're breaking through. That, oh my God, it's Mama Quadman. I'm Mama Klopman, and I say no more pickle podcasts for you. Take this. Take this, you bitey bitch. Ah! Wow, Moto GP, that was interesting. I wonder why your show is so crazy. <laughs> Tobor, God, can you? I can't believe you snuck into the Quonset hut last week and uh, sabotaged their sound effects. I didn't even know you did that, actually. That was kind of cool. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I did I already mention that, that you sabotaged their sound effects? I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, without my, without even my asking, Tobor did that. So pretty proud of you, bro. Um, listen, 
Uh, oh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to bring back Word of the Week uh, this week. Word of the Week was something we used to put on our Facebook page. We actually have a group called Word of the Week, so if you want to go check that out, go do it. Um, this week's word is going to be obnoxion. Obnoxion. And the word obnoxion, of course, it sounds like noxious and, and uh, obnoxious, but also like noxious chemicals. And that means... Oh, well, you know what we need, Tobar? We need to get the Harley. Can you push it over here? All right. While Tobar pushes the Harley over here, I'm going to tell you what obnoxion means. It means something so obnoxious and vile that it becomes unpleasant, like uh, like noxious, like like actually makes you uh, vomit. And uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. So <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be relevant. So the word of the week, what we used to do is uh, we used to have it, and anytime one of the co-hosts said it. There would be a punishment, and like that one time we had to eat dog food. Uh, one time Jay and I said it, and we had to ride up, uh, ride around town with balloons attached to our bikes. Um, Wiggins didn't like the idea of doing punishments. He just thought we should shout and cheer. What fun is that? I could just do that just because you showed up early to the podcast, Wiggins. Um, but anyways, so since we don't have a co-host this uh, this time. Uh, Tobor, and definitely I'm not going to eat anything that you would, and you're not going to eat anything that I would. We're just going to have to ring the bell uh, and just let the folks know how it used to work. So what would happen is we'd say the word of the week. It's obnoxion. If you say this word, uh, you'll have a punishment, and it becomes official when you hear the bell on this Harley. This is the, uh, not even a gremlin bell. This is the horn on this gigantic friggin', uh, uh, how many cc's is this, Tober? I feel like this is pushing a rocket three, like out of the weed. This is like a th- three liter Harley Davidson, pretty much a small block, um, you know, Chevy just with a couple of cylinders missing. Pretty awesome. And uh, here, ready? Plug your ears. Here comes the uh, the bell on it. Did you even hear that, Tober? Is this not turned up? Were you afraid? You were afraid. There it is. So now the word's official, and if you say it, you don't have to do anything because we're not. Yeah, I know it's. Yeah, it's sad. Okay, anyway, so that word uh, that means to <laughs> something so obnoxious and vile is going to play right into our next segment because we're also going to do a roast my bike. We haven't done this in a while, but this is where a listener would send in a picture of their bike and some of the qualities of it, and we would roast it. Um, I got something better for you. So let's just roll this music real quick, and then I'll tell you exactly what bike we're going to roast this week. If ugly bikes were a crime, you'd be in jail. Yours should be cool, but it's an ultimate fail. You think your ride's awesome, it's a huge piece of shit. That's only my opinion, but it's totally legit. I'm saying what your friends do. Boom. Goes the dynamite. All right. Now, that was a song by yours truly, by the way, with Tobor on bongos. And uh, yeah, if you want to license that for you, just kidding. <laughs> what, what am I doing, Tobor? Uh, anyway, yeah, so um, this week's bike is. Oh, actually, yeah, we got some special music for this. Uh, Tobor, not, not just the Roast My Bike song. This week's bike comes to us through the ages. Since if the Noko Motoboys were here, which I'm glad they're not, but if they were, their 
theory of legacy fraud would just play harmoniously with this bike. This bike is worse legacy fraud than Indian. Um, and it, on their website, they boast since 1919 our bikes have been blah, 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 blah. What I don't even care what it says. I'm going to tell you uh, that this bike, you know, since 1919, my ass. So, Tobor, let's get that special music in here real quick. I'll stop blabbing. We'll get that music. So, this week's bike for Roast My Bike, like I said, this bike comes to us from the generations past, the generations of yore. <laughs> This week's bike is the Bruff Superior, but not just the Bruff Superior. The Bruff Superior, the Lawrence. <laughs> exactly. I was hoping for something else, Tobor, like, yeah, something like that, or, yeah, <laughs> there you go. So the Bruff Superior, the Lawrence, let's talk about what this bike isn't. This bike isn't anything like a Bruff Superior. Since 1919, this is the biggest legacy fraud I've ever. I've ever. This is bigger than like a uh, uh, Chinese company buying Benelli because at least Benelli, they left the design headquarters in Italy. All right? And just because a Chinese company owns them doesn't mean they're not still making them in, in uh, Battaglia, Italy or whatever. Bologna, I don't know where they're making them. Bruff Superior... I don't remember these guys doing a whole lot in the uh, 60s and 70s chopper scene, if you know what I mean. I think Bruff Superior is one of the biggest legacy frauds. At least Indian was shuffled around and put in a warehouse for a little bit and brought back. I know Polaris owns it now, and everyone uh, you know, is upset about that. And I know that Triumph isn't the real Triumph anymore. And hell, even Royal Enfield's barely the only brand besides Harley that's still kind of the uh, brand it was. But, um, and even Harley after AMF days, can you really say those? Uh, anyway, Breast Superior trumps all of that because they, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you look at this bike, look at the Breath Superior, the Lawrence. First of all, if your name is Lawrence, you already got it bad. That's already a bad enough name, right? I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, he's exempted, but that's, that's a rough, pretty rough name. And then to have this bike, Name the Lawrence even makes it bad for Lawrence's out there. This bike is hideous and it's terrible and it's obnoxious. Oh, Tobor, you can punch me in the face. All right. I'm flexing. Go for it. Oh, God. Jesus, Tobor. Your big fat metal hands. I deserve that, though. And I guess maybe if I say the word of the week, that's what you can. I'll get a punch from you. Anyway, so yeah, this is the O word in its truest form. This bike uh, is made of carbon fiber, and they say that it harkens back to the days of the old... Uh, it's named after T.E. Lawrence, who is also Lawrence of Arabia, who apparently owned like 14,000 tri uh, uh, triumphs, I almost said. He owned 14... Um, Actually, he owns seven. Seven Bruff Superiors. He loved them so much. Or was it just the only bike that England was still making after World War I? I don't know. But um, here's the deal. Uh, 
Yeah, he isn't he the guy that also died on one? And the reason that we have helmet research and the reason the helmet mandates became a thing in England is because he suffered traumatic brain injury, and I think he died after falling off his, off his motorcycle. Um, and also, they uh, they you know they're naming it after this guy. They're saying you know he's the king of cool when it comes to motorcycle history. Listen. Ain't nobody remember a Bruff Superior, okay? Like, if, if anybody remembers any bike, it's the Vincent Black Shadow because Raleigh Free is on every, you know, you can still find pictures of him and his Speedo uh, laying down. People remember um, even the, uh, what's it called? The, uh, God, now I can't even remember them. So they're not even that memorable, Black. So I'll just quit there then <laughs> and not make this argument. But the bike that the American bike that beat Harley, how come I can't remember it now? It's the first bike that won Pike's Peak. Why am I blanking on this? God damn it. Anyways, there's like twelve thousand other bikes that um that are more memorable than the Bref Superior. I mean, even the AJS is like more memorable memorable than a Bref Superior. I remember my friends like nineteen seventy eight Mako better than I remember the Bref Superiors. So I'm sorry, Bref. Um, bringing back a bike, calling it the Lawrence of all things. I wish I had a barf sound effect on here because the Lawrence, uh, uh-uh, uh, the Lawrence it ain't. Well, the Lawrence it is. It makes it sounds like Lawrence. It looks like a Lawrence. Um, and if you say the word Lawrence enough, it kind of feels like you're dry heaving in your mouth. So yeah, this bike's terrible. It it's uh everything that a Confederate wraith. It's like they went and raided the um. They raided the bins at, like, Confederate. They went and grabbed the uh, old... When Harley-Davidson quit making the, the V-Rod... Uh, actually, what was the uh, the V-Rod? Um, like, the not the night rod, not the muscle. I mean, that one actually looked kind of... But the V-Rod, like, street rod or whatever it was, um, it looks like they stole the front handlebars off of that. It's kind of got, like, this Hossack front-end fork. I don't know what the linkage looks like, but it's a, it's a solid front fork. So they probably stole some crap out of BMW's parts bin here and there. Um, getting the little sheave joints and everything off of their like telelever, uh, front ends. Um, yeah, like this thing's just a nightmare. This is a bunch of chrome and carbon fiber. So you tell me what screams bruff, like, uh, thick iron and steel bars that an actual drunk, uh, English guy bent in a in an old rusty barn somewhere, uh, you know, barn workshop, of course, but still, uh, or carbon fiber and massive amounts of like billet of aluminum and the front fork. Even even though it's a, I know the I know that the um, the Bruffs had like the Springer type of front fork with like the rocker, uh, you know, the two fork system. But this one is like looks like it's billet aluminum and it's just got like this angular it looks like the grotiest of ford mustang angles uh it's terrible and then the tank i don't even i couldn't even tell you what the tank looks like it came off of and then the tail doesn't match it just looks like eight different motorcycles cobbled together that's why i'm saying it looks like they ran around to everybody's parts bins grabbed some crap out um and and as a matter of fact that front end probably it kind of reminds me of the uh bmw r1200c uh the James Bond bike, you know, the gross chopper one that they tried to make. The back end looks like they maybe stole some exhaust pipes out of Arch's, uh, you know, throwaway bin, His the seconds or the goof-ups. Goof um, and, yeah, so whatever it is trying to be, it is definitely a Lawrence. Um, and it's definitely well, – I don't know, Tobor. <laughs> I never really ask you your opinion about motorcycles because I know you hate them in general. But – um. 
what would you say this bike like give what do you in your opinion just tell me what you think of this bike a real grade a turd <laughs> a grade a turd hey that's great i you know you never actually uh never actually tell me what you think of motorcycles um a grade a turd is really i mean that says a lot uh, that you're even putting that much thought into it um on a scale of one to i don't even want to say one to ten well one to five i feel like there's like varying levels of a nausea that you could get you know if you went into a doctor's office and they asked you how you're feeling they're going to give you more than a scale of one to five so on a scale of one to ten um what would you rate this motorcycle Zegarive 12 <laughs> Mazegarive 12? <laughs> what, what is Mazegarive 12? Less than negative 12. Less than negative, wouldn't that just be negative 13? <laughs> anyway, wow. Uh, yeah, so this bike does, it looks pretty terrible. This bike looks like an infected anus on an anal leech. Ew, gross, Tobor, you had to take it there. An infected anus on an anal leech. So that's like a leech that's in somebody's anus and it has an infected anus and that's what this bike looks like. I think you're pretty you're all right with that Tobor. You're actually coming around in my way of thinking. Um yeah, this bike is just crap and uh give me your opinion. Go check it out. Go check out the Bruff Superior the Lawrence um uh, let us know your opinions. Let us know if we we did this right or if we did this wrong. So uh Tobes, oops, yeah. Pot us back up here. Um, let's move on to our next, uh, our next segment. Um, actually we're going to wrap up here with some listener email. We're getting close to an hour, so let's wrap up. I got some really good feedback and actually this is part of the reason why we're re-recording the show. Let's go to our emails. We don't have it here. Yeah. Pop it up on the phone. Uh, okay. I'll pop it up on my phone. Um, so yeah, so we, we got some emails. We got some feedback from Rob Thornton. You remember the, the uh, winner of Spooky Spokes, the very last Spooky Spokes in existence? Well, he wrote us some really cool stuff regarding uh, our D, uh, GPS episode that we were talking about last week. Um, so we were talking about like uh, why not to use a smartphone, and we had read something on a Facebook so-called Dual Sport Writers uh, page. Some guy got lost, and luckily he got found. But um, after that, he got real scared. You know, he was real scared, real traumatized by the whole thing. Um, and he was talking about the what GPS apps does everybody use, and asking everybody for their opinions. So we gave our opinions of why the GPS apps are way better than the smartphones. And here's what Rob chimed in with, which I thought was really insightful and really clever. So it says, off-road and dual sport GPS and gear I used. It says, I just finished your last show, episode 245, and I also saw that post on the Facebook group, and it hit close to home being a newer off-road rider that could have easily been in that situation. Before I continue his email, this makes me think about uh, MotoGP and Swiggy and Pete's kids. Yeah, when you got little kids, you're like a... Even if you're a dad, you're sort of like a, a mama bear, keeping an eye on them at all times, but they can still get into some mischief. And uh, hopefully there's a place for him to recreate that kids can't get lost at too easy. And once they get a little bit older and more independent, want to wander off, boy, make sure your kids have a GPS if you're taking them out and you're not going to be right there with them. Um, so he to continue, he says, I do give the guy credit for at least being out with other riders, at least. Down here in San Diego, we lost a rider that was out solo on trails he knew, and then he had a medical issue and died alone next to his bike. Took a while to find him in the deep canyons and single track near the border in Otay Mesa. And yeah, it's wonderful riding out there. San Diego, some of the best. Once you go further east and you're, you're down along the... Uh, 
California-Mexico border, there is a lot of uh, wild riding out there. So nice. But, yeah, that's a hell of a place to get lost way out there, too. Um, Luckily, I found a great community of riders here full of crusty old desert rats and new off-road riders that has been great about growing the sport and helping each other out on rides and meetups. It's dualsport-sd.com. That's the forum they use, and it's also their Facebook page. I'll put these in the show notes. Um, And they frown on solo riding, but they do have a forum that you can at least let them know that you're going out and what time you expect to be back, and then you just post up once you're back. Usually guys will also step up and give you a number to call if needed or just offer to ride with you if they can. That is awesome in my opinion. That is really awesome. Um, As for GPS gear, I've gone the route of using a dedicated smartphone with no service on it. It's his old Galaxy S7, he says. He wiped it to a bare minimum and then loaded GPS apps on it to use for tracking and route planning and navigating. And he's looked at Gaia, but he hasn't tried it yet. Most of it is uh, best features are pay subscription only. So maybe that's why not a lot of people had mentioned uh, uh, that as much as Garmin. Um, I'm trying to find out the free or one-time cost apps first. And so far, Locust Map Pro has been great for me, and the maps are very detailed. I basically followed the info I found on this thread, which is on the dualsportsandiego.com forums, um, and this video got me set up, and then he gives us a link to YouTube. I'll try to stick those down in the show notes so that if you want to check this stuff out as well, uh, you can. Um, and he says another app that's useful is Avenza Maps. Now, I don't know if that's the OHV map that somebody was talking about because uh, he continues on um, that it, it's uh, it's you it lets you use some of the OHV maps or forest maps and MVUM maps and then uses them as a base and then it locates you on that map so it's like you're driving on the map that they hand out at the ranger station excuse me I think that's pretty rad because then it lets you use like local specifically drawn maps um, for where you're exactly at Um, For gear, I've got some Forma Terrain TX boots. Decent price, but with great lateral ankle injury protection. I picked up the Liat Z-Frame braces to save my knees getting blown out from a simple dab of the foot when I'm losing balance. He's seen innocent-looking dabs on videos of guys snapping their ACL and MCL. And he's gotten away with worse, luckily, but the braces are better than luck. And that's true. (laughs) Some Klim Dakar pants. Um, I think it's climb actually, isn't it? Some climb to car pants. They fit great over both of those and they still have cargo pockets. Plus leather inner leg gets good grip on the bike, even with braces on. Um, he uses his Revit mesh jacket with some added CE2 pads up top. It breathes and flows lots of air. He's got a Bell MX-9 Adventure MIPS helmet. And that was also a good price, and it lets them wear goggles and still pull the shield down if they get on the paved road or highway for a while between dirt roads. He says he crashed a Bell street helmet with MIPS last April at about 50 miles an hour commuting and had no concussion or head trauma. So he went for another MIPS helmet again, uh, and that's great. MIPS is coming on more and more um, helmets these days. A lot of Icon helmets actually come in with MIPS. Um, he's got some knockoff clone Revit sand gloves off of AliExpress, and I can't tell the difference between them and the real ones, so they're nice to have off-road. That's pretty sweet. Uh, and I hope that helps. It's been a fun journey finding out where I fit 
and what I want to ride off-road. I started with the XT225 just to dip my toes in and not be too intimidating. Then I got that Honda CRF250L that I used for spooky spokes, and then I realized I needed something that could handle more freeway time. So, Cal, what can you do? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And I wasn't going on any hard trails most of the time anyway, so I traded the Honda for a low-mileage 2012 Tiger 800, and it's been great. Keep up the good work on the show, Rob. Thank you, Rob, so much, and thanks for all that information. I'm going to try to put some of that in the show notes. But yeah, so... um, yeah, that's the one reason I never really go crazy, crazy. Even when I like, I like to go out and find some dirt trails now and then, but I am a little bit scared, especially on the old scrambler here. The, I know it's 925 pounds. There's like almost a pound per cc by this thing. It is actually 541 pounds, which is fairly freaking hefty. I think that's even heftier than a 1250 GS. Um, and I've dabbed on the street just like trying to lean this thing over to like make a tighter turn or like kind of like lean it over to get in between a tight space. And man, like one false move. And I feel like my kneecap's going to blow out on this thing. If I ever had a dab on the street, you know, like, or try to like save it from a fall, I think I would just jump off and let it fall. Um, so that is a good way to blow out your, your legs on a trail and then get stuck out there. So yeah, that's really cool. Uh, and really cool that you got the tiger 800. I think you are, the second listener, I think Ray, our patron up in uh, Oregon, also has uh, upgraded to a Tiger 800 and is commuting on that thing all the time. Uh, P.S. Ray, uh, we're going to close out the show here uh, in a second. It's almost an hour. But Ray, um, also a patron, um, joined the military, moved three times, got married, did a whole bunch of crazy stuff, has been a $1 or $2 patron actually for quite a while. Uh I don't know what happened. I know when my card expired, uh, I, all the stuff that I had it linked under uh, got declined. So I had to re, uh, re-up the, um, go back and re-enter my date, you know, on my card. And I think that's what happened to Ray because it wasn't showing him as a patron for a couple, uh, for like a month. And not only did he come back and renew his uh, patronage, he upped it to the $5 tier. So Ray... I'm gonna be sending you. I should have done it when I noticed last uh, last weekend. Um, I've been I've been hella busy. So this weekend, I, I guarantee, buddy, I am going to send you the five dollar patron pack. Um, and I think I already used to send you stuff anyway, since you were like our only like two dollar patron. I think I was sending you a lot of the five dollar stuff. So if you get a repeat of something, I apologize. Let me know. But yeah, I'll be sending you a five dollar. Uh, your patron benefits that are due to our $5 tier. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. Um, and yeah, there's all sorts of tiers there and, uh, you can go from, uh, 50 cents. You can probably donate just 50 cents if you want to, I guess, um, all the way up to our crazy executive producer. You will probably, uh, You'll probably outrank the president of Moto One Podcast Network if you go to our very top tier. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. It's ridiculous. But anyway, I don't even know why they set that up. I think it was just to have a top tier. Anyway, so yeah, go check out that uh, if you want to support the show. Also, the show is brought to you by folks like uh, Rex Panther from RP Enterprises. Also, uh, Klobman's Pickles has been a wonderful sponsor for many, many years. Um, our patron folks, they make this show possible, make it happen. So just remember that. Please support our sponsors. Um, become a patron if you'd like. 
and just leave a review. I mean, the show is, uh, if you're getting sick of paying free, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a 50% discount right now and you take 50% off of free. There you go, folks. First exclusive here. And all we ask in return is that you leave us a review somewhere. Tell your friends that we are the crappiest motorcycle podcast and our episode art should reflect that. <laughs> so, um, happy 2021. Get out there and ride. I hope you can hit the dirt trails, the, uh, the street trails, make some trails on the street. I don't care. It's your life. Um, just get out there and ride. And with that, have a wonderful, uh, week. If you're at Daytona bike week right now, let us know next week. What will we talk about? We'll talk about the fact that they, uh, they killed the Grom. I bet you didn't know they killed the Grom. They killed the Grom. Honda's best seller, and they killed it. It wasn't around for 2020. It's around for 2022, so like everything else, they're bringing it back for 2022. But we'll talk about that. We're going to uh, bring up some other uh, topics we, we've been working on, some comments. The fact that, I guess, the pink it and shrink it wasn't really a thing. That was just a tactic to get people riled up about women's uh, riding gear. Um, what other motorcycles you may be missing out on? And what new tech can you... Uh, be looking forward uh, for 2022 and beyond. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend. Get out ride. Yes, Tobor, I know. All right. He's telling, he's giving me the wrap-up fingers. All right. Fingers. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're, we're out of here. And actually, that was kind of creepy. That wasn't you, Tobor. Shit, we got a ghost in the studio. Peace. <laughs>